Thank you for tuning in. Praise the Lord. So uh, give it up for Janie. Good job last week, honey. Wow. You nailed it. Yeah. We watched in Trinidad. Uh, so just kind of a couple interesting stories really quickly. Uh, I won't. First of all, uh, I told Janie she likes to, the worship team will come back in 20 minutes for her. Uh, we have no set time for me. So just so you know. We're, we're not, that's why they like you, yeah. You beat all the Baptists to uh, Golden Corral. So, uh, but, uh, so we're not, they're not coming up in 20 minutes. They might come up in 40 minutes, but whenever. But anyway, so, uh, but, so we were at church. Uh, church in Trinidad starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. Every church. So like right now, we'd be done with church right now. So we were on our way back at the same time zone, and we were, it was raining, so all the streets were flooding, and we were about five miles away uh, from church to where we were staying in the compound, and it took us an hour and five minutes to get there because we'd go down a street, and it would be flooded, we'd back up. And then the night before, I think Janie may have said something, we got lost in a uh, jungle. 11 miles from Venezuela, and uh, there was a, it was a guard shack we showed up at. We're not sure what was behind the guard shack. We just know there was a big guard. And then when we got out of our car, because we were lost, four guys got out of their car. And so we were, I, was, I was curious, Jamie, as to how you would handle that. Uh, we, yeah, that's, well, we couldn't turn around. <laughs> it was like a one-way road in. And uh, so uh, it's good to have a prayer life, right, and be able to use it at a moment's notice. And so we prayed, and I'll talk more about that, but just God's favor came upon us. Marcus disputes that. Uh, God's favor, he thinks, wouldn't have got us in that position. We got ourselves in the position. Rather, our guide and driver got us in there, a former Marine. Uh, he tells us all the time, there are no former Marines, there's just Marines. Well, he wasn't acting like a Marine, but that's neither here nor there. Um, good to be back. Uh, glad to be here. Lo I say all that. We watched the service then in the car uh, on our way through the, the mud waters and the flood. And it was a great service, just a great time. Thank you so much. And how many would like to hear Janie uh, preach again sometime rather than once a year? Uh, absolutely. Me too. So we'll make sure that she's on the schedule more often than not. All right. I like the 20 minutes, yeah. Well, in and out, that's good. Um, it probably won't be 20 minutes today. It'll be a little bit longer. But I, I'm glad to be back. Uh, had a great trip. Uh, Marcus uh, was part of a teaching team, teaching tandem, that taught people how to go out and share their faith. And Marcus, good job. You killed it. So proud of you. Did a great, great job over there. It was just amazing. And so... Uh, we, we hooked up with a team from Colorado, a great church in Colorado. So if you ever want to go on a missions trip, let us know. Uh, we can always schedule. We have different places around the world that we can go. Uh, we just don't know if anybody wants to go or not. So uh, really good. Jenny and I were at this location five years ago in Trinidad, and it's a, it's a great place. Uh, a lot of ministry. Um, I don't know if maybe half is what we were told. Half of um, Trinidad is Hindu. And so we were ministering to a lot of Hindus. Uh, and so sometimes you're not going to convert somebody with one conversation, right? So you just want to plant the seed, some other people water, God gives the increase. And so glad to be back. There were probably half of our camp got sick. Marcus got really sick on Sunday morning. Uh, and so that's just kind of part of travel.
revival sometimes, but then every day two or three people fell ill, uh, and but God is good. Everybody got well at the end. So, all righty. Um, man, you all look good. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Father's Day to spiritual fathers, Father's Day to regular fathers, Father's Day to soon-to-be fathers. So, so cool what God's doing. So, Grace Church, here's what we need you to do. We need you to volunteer for the VBS. We need you to come out for the VBS because VBS needs to be about the, the young kids, but also about the the older kids. We have something to do for everybody that week, okay? So the young people will be ministered to, the real little people will be ministered to, the adults will be ministered to, but we would love for you to volunteer, even if it's one day. If you say, hey, I can volunteer on Monday, or I can volunteer for setup, or I can volunteer for on Thursday, pick a day, help us if you will, volunteer. It's going to be a great time. And then on July the 2nd, you can invite people out. We'll have hot dogs for everybody. Uh, if you want to just say, hey, this person doesn't come to church, bring them on out. We'd love to, to share with them, fellowship with them, and just and love, and love on them so that they can know what the kingdom of God is like. Amen? Amen. Thank you for, for that. Okay, so um, today we're going to talk about Noah, I was asked uh, about 22 years ago, uh, what biblical character did I think I was most like? And uh, Janie thought for sure I was going to say David, uh, and I said Noah. And after we had conversation and we got in our car, she said, why in the world did you say Noah? I said, well, Noah's the first one in the Bible that's labeled a preacher, so I, I, and he doesn't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor to preach. You can still preach. I said, Noah made sure his family got on the boat. I think that's important. Dads, let me talk to you for a second. Make sure you minister to your family first. I like to tell people that I'm a God lover, right? That's the first thing. Then I'm a husband. Then I'm a father. Then I'm a friend. And then I'm a pastor, all right? I like to make sure that my priorities are in order. And so no matter what you do, if you're a great business person, if you're a, a business leader, if, you, uh, you know, if you're a worker, whatever you do, if you're retired, make sure that you minister to your family first. Well, Pastor, my family's away from God. We'll talk about that too, but just pray. Pray and believe that God is going to bring them back in because that's God's desire. So we're going to talk about Noah a little bit today. Let's go to Genesis, the sixth chapter, and we'll pray. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that they, I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's truth. We thank you, Lord, that it's real. We love you. We bless you today, Father, for it. And ask that you would, uh, Lord, open our hearts to receive. Uh, we pray for fathers spiritual fathers, biological fathers. We pray for fathering, future fathers. Father, bless them. Lord, let them receive this word that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Uh, so Noah, you know the story, the ark. You've maybe seen it in a children's Bible, big boat, kind of cool. They have a kind of a resemblance of one in Kentucky, uh, the ark. It's about the size of a football field. It's maybe three or four or five stories tall. There's different levels on the ark. And 
books have been written, ideas have been given about the different levels. I have my own thoughts. First of all, the lower level was where the larger animals uh, hung out because they didn't want them up on the top, top levels is what we believe. And also there was a foundation, so they would build walls in the lower level so that would hold up the upper levels, just like you would do in a house. It's also, believe, you know, they, were on, they weren't on the ark for 40 days. They were on the ark for a year, okay, while the waters subsided. And so the, they had to have a place for all the animal and human waste to go, so it went down. So my, my first thought is, without being too gross, is you need to really get rid of the past. And Janie did such a great job last week about not being labeled, okay? Don't, don't listen. Those things might describe you, but they don't define you. And I think a lot of times we allow things in our life to define us, and it's just a waste place in our life. So just let the waste go. Let, let those places just be without. You don't have to hang on to the bad past. You don't have to hang on. You've been forgiven. I like the, story, the analogy with the mercy. Mercies are new every day. That's important to know. And so if you, if you take that and you walk with it, it's the enemy's idea to give you shame. They, the enemy wants to shame you. Yeah, but what about this? What about that? I'm not worthy. Listen, none of us are worthy except for the blood of Jesus Christ. And that makes us all worthy. And so we have to know that as we live on these different levels, one's a waste place level. Let's get rid of the waste, get rid of the garbage. The next level was the, is where all the other animals were kept. And animals associate with emotion and instincts, okay? So animals are very emotional and they're very instinctive, which we can be at times. So sometimes we get very emotional, sometimes we operate in instincts, but it's also what God was telling Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree the knowledge of good and evil because these things, what happens, there's a sense of reality. And whenever you try to domesticate an animal that can't be or shouldn't be domesticated, you know, some people will hide a lion in their backyard or they'll have a tiger or a cougar farm or, you know, maybe they have a big, you know, 12-foot python or something. And, it's, and, you, and you think about those things. I read a story I read a story uh, in the USA Today uh, maybe a year or so ago, and the, the guy had written in saying that he was sleeping with his python. And first of all, kind of weird, right? I mean, come on. If you sleep with your python, we do have a deliverance ministry that we can talk to you about. Well, he was sleeping with his python, and he had been doing it for like a year or two, and it was growing, and it was growing, and it was growing. And then one day, after about a week or so, the python was stretching out on the bed. And so he called an animal service. He said, hey, this is kind of weird. The python usually would just kind of roll up. Now it's stretching out on the bed, okay? And the guy said, the python is getting ready to eat you. He's measuring you to swallow you whole. This is why we don't domesticate things that aren't supposed to be domesticated, right? Because there's an emotion and there's an instinct there. Well, we, we live on this level sometimes where we walk by emotions and God wants us to walk by stability, that our faith, our trust, our hope, our belief, and our confidence walk in him, okay? And so then the top level is the level that Noah would have been on with his family and the birds of the air. They would have been flying around in, inside. And so this is the level of a, of a 
authority. This is the level of power. This is because God gives us. He says in John 1 and 12, and those who receive him, he gives the power, the right, the authority to become sons of God. Not sons and daughters, sons as if they were heirs because only the oldest son got the inheritance or the heir, but now everybody gets the inheritance. Everybody gets the heir. Everybody gets an equal part, and the equal part is not divvied up. It's just reproduced, and so you are all sons of God in that sense. You have the right, the power, and the authority. So today we're going to talk about Noah. That's a little bit about the ark, but now let's talk about Noah. Noah had qualifications or qualities that God liked in him that would be good today for all believers, but especially fathers. The first thing is, we read it in the last verse, is favor. Noah had favor of God. How many wants favor of God? It's the first time in Scripture that the word favor is even mentioned. But God, but God looked upon Noah with favor. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And favor runs throughout Scriptures. It's Old Testament. It's New Testament. It's all over the place. And it's, it's fun, it's fun uh, that we look at favor. And I always tell Janie, I don't want to waste my favor for a good parking lot in the mall. I want favor, like I want favor, I want healing. I want favor, I want deliverance. I want favor, I want favor that we had last Saturday night when we were in the middle of a jungle, lost, it was dark, we didn't know which way was out, where we were going. I want favor of God just to make a way where there seemed to be none, which he did, okay? And if he does it for us, he'll do it for you. If he does it for you, he'll do it for me. The scripture says this in Psalms 84 and 11, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless with him. God's favor is upon you as you walk blameless before the Lord. So we have to understand that favor is not fair. Some people aren't going to get favor. Some people aren't going to have favor. But some people are going to walk in favor. And those that walk in favor have to understand it's not any of their doing. Favor is not fair. Favor ain't fair. But it can be found. Noah found it. Abraham found it. David found it. Even Jesus grew in the favor and grace of the Lord daily. And so we have to understand, and by the way, the church was birthed in the favor of God with the favor of people. In Acts, the second chapter, verse 47, they had the favor of people. So when you love God and you walk in this charis, this unmerited favor, this form of, of grace, this is why I love the name of our church, Grace Church, is because it's favor. And we're not saying favor arrogantly, as if I've got favor, you don't. There you go, ha-ha. We're walking in favor in humility, saying, God, why are you so good to us? Why do you bless us? Why do you let your favor shine upon us when we know who we are? And I like the part of that song, he loves us best. Those who know us best love us. He loves us the best. There's a beauty in that, that when we walk in the favor of the Lord. Here's a few more scriptures. So this Bible says, regarding favor. It's possessions that you could not pay for in Psalms 44. So things that you could never buy, like salvation, like healing, like miracles, like forgiveness, like mercy, like uh, like hope, things you can't buy for. Rich people, filthy rich people that have more money than they know what to do with, they still can't buy peace. 
That's a favor of the Lord. Uh, family peace in Proverbs 18 and 22. But, Pastor, you don't know how my family is. They're, they're distraught. They're away from God. You keep praying for God's favor over them, and God supernaturally will come in like a whirlwind and save every single one of them. I know that to be true. It's the gift of God for men, Luke 2.52. It guarantees supernatural blessing and prosperity in Psalms 35 and 27. It's favor. I love two weeks ago. I love last week's message and service. I love two weeks ago where we had uh, maybe 30 people get baptized. Can we give it up for those who got <laughs> baptized? And it's just, it's a special, special thing. My little friend Bash, Bash, stand up for a second. Just kind of stand and wait. We've known Bash for three or four years. His family's in church now. Mama's in church. Brother's in church. Go ahead, brother. You can sit down. And let's, how cool is that? All because Jonah plays football with him. Now you, well, I can't be a witness. I can't get people to church. I don't know. Just show up and let the favor of God rain on your heart. Others will see it and they'll come follow. Thank you, Mama, for doing that. Mama Bash, thank you for coming in, getting baptized yourself and loving on Jesus, right? Listen, it's about people connecting people to the favor of God. You can connect people. You don't have to hide all that favor yourself. It guarantees supernatural blessing and prosperity. Well, I didn't win the lottery last night, Pastor. I played it. It's not talking about that. It's talking about having peace right where you're at. It's talking about having the love of Jesus right where you're at. It's talking about coming to church and getting baptized and saying, this is a, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I can't wait till next Sunday. I can't wait to share the good news at my school. It's, it's just about being who God's called you to be in that realm. That's favor. Now, listen, if you operate... In a high level with God, that favor comes all the time. It's like, wow, I can't believe. There was a tree when we were lost in the jungle. We were in a car, and our driver is a notoriously, might be watching this morning. He's not a, he's not a good driver. He's not a good driver in America. He's really not a good driver in Trinidad on the opposite side of the road. He's a great guy. One of the best individuals you're ever going to meet. Driving's not his forte. Is that good? How's that sound? And so we were, me and Marcus were in the back seat with another pastor. Our friend was in the front seat. He's spoken here a couple times. And then uh, there was another administrator in the front seat. And so when we got in, Marcus asked the other pastor, are you familiar with Dave's driving? And so uh, I think he was joking. He may have been forewarning. And, and the pastor said, yeah, but I left my crash helmet at home. And when we got back after a two-hour journey from being lost in the jungle, he said, yeah, I didn't know you guys were serious about that crash helmet. <laughs> we were, our heads were hitting the windows, and we were bodying them out of the car. And the gas gauge broke, and we thought the gas line broke, and we were running out of gas. And uh, there was armed guards all around us and all kind of people coming out of different places that we were, weren't sure where we were supposed to be. And, and God's favor was there. Now, Marcus argued with me in the first service. I don't call that favor. But see, you can get yourself into a place that God will get yourself out of. That's favor. There was a tree, yeah, so there was a tree blocking the road. I know it was blocking the road because I saw it. And I, how we can't turn around. There's nowhere to turn around. We couldn't open the doors because the weeds and the bamboos were too tall. We couldn't open the door. We couldn't, he couldn't back out because it was dark. And so we had to go forward, and there was a tree there. And I'm like, there's, there's no way 
We can't, get, we can't go underneath the tree. That was, and somehow, I think it was the favor of the Lord, I think it was a miracle, somehow that tree had to, I didn't see it with my eyes lift up, but somehow we made it underneath that tree without it touching the top of the car and get to the other side where then we crossed over a small lake and got into the place where we were uh, then welcomed by armed guards who didn't want us to be there. So it, did, it got a little worse before it got better. But God's in charge and God's in control. And I think, I think the favor of God lifted that tree up. Also, uh, we, Dave used that, that GPS route because it was going to save us a minute. Um, but it took, it took us two hours longer. And he was glad he got full coverage on that rental car because the, uh, the sides were fairly well scratched up based on how we handled the jungle. But that's another story. The favor of God, I didn't rent the car. He did. Huh. Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> all right, you're, you're tracking with me. So Noah had favor. Another thing Noah had was obedience. He was very obedient to God. The scripture says in Genesis 6.22, we may have it up there, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. I want to talk to fathers for a second, and anybody who's a Christ follower, that's a testimony right there. If you can do all that God commanded you to do. That's a wonderful testimony. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. And if the Holy Spirit convicts you, that's another deal. But I think a good thing every single day, single-parent households, okay, fathers, mothers, people who love God, wake up in the morning and say, God, I want to do what you commanded me to do. What's the, some of the commands of God? Walk in forgiveness. Walk in love of God. Love God with everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. Understand that, that God is in charge. Understand that God loves you. We have people here that have invited people. When they come, they go ahead and try to sit by them, and they love on them, or they'll call them. Hey, you have a need. They follow up. This is the command of God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Church people sometimes are the hardest people to get to love other people. And this is the gospel, right? We're to love other people. It's easy for most people to love their family members. Sometimes even family members don't get along. Like, I haven't talked to this guy for such a long time and whatever. We have to be obedient in the Lord. If you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself, if you walk in forgiveness, mercy, and truth, then you are ready fulfilling the gospel promises by walking in obedience. And if you don't, take a step back and say, why am I not talking to that person? Why do I not, do I not love that person the way Father God loves me? Another funny story when we were out to eat before we got lost in the jungle. So Marcus and I travel together. We've done this several times now on missions trips, and our passports basically say the same thing. He's Mark Dolphins Jr., I'm Mark Dolphins Sr., and so when we had dinner the night we got lost, there we had dinner with a fellow uh, local pastor, and so I, I think to separate the two, uh, he would call Marcus Marcus, and he would call me Daddy. <laughs> hey, Daddy. How you? And it, it, it got a little weird after a while. I got to be honest with you. Hey, Daddy. I, Daddy, you good enough to eat, Daddy? And, and so, like, what do you mean? I don't want to correct him. I don't, I don't know the local, like, when I got off the plane, I had a camouflage hat on. You can't wear camouflage in Trinidad or you get arrested. Well, I learned that in a real quick hurry. Take the hat off. And I had to bury my camouflage shorts that I brought to wear. And so, like, he's calling me daddy. And I'm thinking, all right. 
Well, I saw the guy three or four times during the week, and every time I saw him, he said, hey, Daddy, how you doing, Daddy? I'm like, you're older than me. I'm not Daddy. <laughs> hey, Daddy. So Marcus, Marcus got a kick out of that anyways. <laughs> and, and as you can see, my family just loved it. This foreigner calling me Daddy. And so <laughs> losing my thought. Paul, Paul says we can call God Abba Father, which is Daddy. You, you have, are you okay? Do you, do you need to move, leave for a second, come back and recompose? Daddy. I mean, how would you like someone rubbing your back calling you Daddy? In a foreign country. That was awkward. Actually, getting lost in the jungle was better than this guy saying, hey, Daddy. <laughs> so, anyways, sorry about that. It was just one of those things. I was being obedient to the Lord going, going on the mission trip, and I'll stay away from my other son, <laughs> Daddy. Um, be obedient. Honestly, be obedient, church. Whatever you can do, be obedient to the Lord. Walk, walk with him and, and let him. And then the, let me say this. Noah's, Noah's lineage then produced three countries, the country of Cush, the country of Egypt, and the country of Canaan. Cush has turned into another country now. It's Turkey or something like that. Canaan is Israel. So his lineage is pretty, When you fathers, single heads of household, uh, those of you who maybe don't are just a leader in your home, when you walk in obedience to the Lord, God will bless your children. God will bless your grandchildren. God will bless your great-grandchildren. God's blessing will be upon you. Can you say amen? I mean, that's a really true thing right there. The number three is endurance. So well, I think sometimes we need to uh, act swiftly but move slowly. What I mean by this is God decided I'm going to get rid of civilization. Noah, you need to build a boat. So the decision was made, but it took Noah 100 years to build an ark, okay? It took him a very long time. For 100 years, he suffered ridicule, persecution. He was laughed at. You know, this is a sinful, sinful time. This may be uh, historically one of the most sinful times in the whole world's history, okay? There is only eight believers in the whole land. And those eight believers have to build an ark, a boat, where it had never rained before. The only moisture that ever came from in the earth was it came up from the ground. So the first time it started to rain, the ark is done. So all those people, naysayers, and you might be working in an environment or you might be living in a household where there's no other believers around you, okay? You have to endure. Jesus said the same that endures to the end, those same shall be saved. In other words, spared, relieved, taken care of. And so this isn't endurance. This isn't a sprint. So you, sometimes we get involved on that second level of the ark. We get involved emotionally or instinctively. Yeah, that was a great service. Oh, my goodness, that was so good. Oh, our church is amazing. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm kind of bored. I'm going to watch from home today. I, I'm not, I don't quite have it in me. I can't make it out. And we start to fall by the wayside. This, this is about endurance. You have to run the race. You have to fight the five. Paul says, I finished my course. I'm done. I'm going to be offered up. He was going to be executed. And he understood that. Now this is a time to pass the baton to you, Timothy. Are you ready in that case? We have to run with endurance the race. 
Our son Andrew likes to run long distances, like a half a marathon or maybe even more. We have other runners in the church, Jason and other ones, and they like to go out and run 30, 40, 50, 60 miles a week, whatever. And it's like there's an endurance there. And sometimes you have to push through that first marker, that first mile or two, or then maybe three or four, and push it up to seven or eight. Now, myself, I like to wonder why someone's got to run like that. Like, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> a marathon? Are you crazy? But there's a form of endurance there. And I think in life, some good things are going to happen. Some bad things are going to happen. But where's your endurance? How are you running this race? How are you, how are you moving forward? Are, are you in good spiritual shape? Are you walking that walk? Are you, are you standing in that faith? Are you in and out? Are you up and down, depending if it's a good day or a bad day? We have to be steady. We have to run, we have to run the course. It's, it's important that we walk in obedience for this endurance because then it becomes a part of who we are in Christ. And then last but not least, there's attributes that we can talk about as we, as we navigate through this. Sometimes being a father or being a head of household is very thankless, okay? Sometimes we, we, we look at things, decisions that maybe you have to make. Maybe you have to um, ground a child or give them a, a timeout or take something away from them. Or maybe you have to make a tough decision when you're later with your kids or coach them through something or become a close friend. Sometimes it can be a, a thankless position to be a father, spiritual father, head of household, all those things. But God's looking at you and wanting you to make the right decisions. Here's some attributes of a, of a good father or head of household. One, they're protective, okay? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a um, protection zone. Like, we want to make sure that everything's okay. We want to make sure all the, all the doors are locked, so to speak. Same spiritually. You want to make sure that there's no lock and key. There, everything's under lock. Our daughter, Jill, had a dream years ago. We were living in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and, and she said, Papa, I had a dream that you were, you were sitting here, and people were just coming in and robbing stuff from her house, and you were just letting them. And I said, Jill, you know that would never happen. And she said, I know. It was just a weird dream, and I thought I would tell you about it. So I went to the Lord in prayer, and, and he said, just and the Lord cautioned me by the power of the Holy Spirit, be, protect what comes in your household. Protect what you're watching. Protect what you're reading. Protect, protect where your kids are going. Protect what's taking place. And so I caution you, those that have young children at home, protect not only them, but protect what they see. Protect where they go. Janie and I always let our kids go out uh, with, uh, with their friends in high school and that. But we also shared with them, hey, you're taking the Lord with you. Make room for him. We want you to be protected. We want you to be a witness, but also make, make room because careful what you get involved in. They're, they're protective. Number two is they're trustworthy. Not only a good attribute of a father, Noah was trustworthy. How, how can we say that? Well, God trusted him with the rest of humanity. In other words, he was told the same thing Adam and Eve were told, be fruitful and multiply. And so you know, he, he trusted Noah to build an ark. He just didn't snap his fingers. A hundred years he built an ark. He was trustworthy. God is trusting you with your family. 
God is trusting you with your kids. They are your prized possessions, whether they're 40 or 14 or 4. They are your prized possession. God has trusted you with them. All right, so lead them, show them, protect them, love them. Be the, be the father or head of household that God wants you to be. I applaud those who got baptized and now they're coming to church. God trusted you with your children. Thank you for bringing them into the house of the Lord. The next is encouragement. There, there's an encouraging word that can come from a mom or a dad that, that children will hear and it changes them. Like there's, that's the only word that they need is how mom or dad, single parents or fathers, how you love your children, whether they're a biological, whether they're step, whether they're fostered, whether they're spiritual, that God loves how people can encourage one another in the faith. And so, parents, I encourage you today, encourage your kids, encourage your grandbabies, and encourage the imagination that they have in those things. The provider, or patient, the next one is patient. And so, there, we have to be, uh, we have to show a great, um, patience is difficult sometimes. Uh, I, I saw my father, who didn't seem patient up until the age of 60, almost like a light switch. From 60 on, he seemed like one of the most patient people around. Before 60, not so patient. I think he was, I'm sure he had some things going on in life that maybe he just didn't know how to deal with. He was always a good, loving father, always good and loving. But at 60, it just seemed like he 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 became more patient and told my wife that uh, not too long ago. And she says, when's it going to kick in for you? I'm working on it. <laughs> you pray. You pray with me, and we shouldn't even pray for patience because that brings tribulation of our faith. Work is patience, and so then we have tribulation. So patience is difficult. But I would say this: take a deep breath. If you have to bring correction, bring it in an encouraging way. Take a deep breath, and maybe count to five or five hundred before you. Uh, before you move forward. Number, the next one is provider. Listen, there's, a, there's good provision, right? The head of households, uh, fathers. And, and I would say that sometimes, all right, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, maybe the wife works. That's okay. That, it's a different culture. Maybe you're a stay-at-home dad, or maybe you, you do different jobs, or maybe you volunteer. All that's good, okay? We just have to make sure that the household is taken care of. That's the provision that God... And listen, spiritually, more than anything. You need to make sure that there's a spiritual provision taking place within your, within your midst. And then uh, this is a really key. These next two are more off course than what Noah. Respect the mother of, of your children, okay? And, and we understand that sometimes there's broken homes or, or you know, just, just broken relationships uh, don't always lead to broken homes. But respect the mother. And, and again, this would be true if there's, maybe there's a, a blended marriage or, in this case, uh, you know, Janie and I have been married for almost 43 years. Uh, it's important that uh, our kids know that I respect her. And honey, you know I do. But uh, it's a, this is important. It's an important example because then when they raise their kids, they're going to respect their mother or vice versa. And so just respect the mother of your children. And last but not least, uh, spend time with your kids. Um, Janie has our kids over every, every Sunday for dinner. I say Janie does it because she does all the cooking. I just show up and eat like everybody else. But she does a wonderful job allowing us to spend time together 
but it's, in, it's important. Maybe you can vacation together. Come on back, worship team. Maybe you can vacation together. Maybe you can, you know, go to the beach together. Maybe you can go to a, on a picnic together. But spend time with your kids. It's really important, especially new families. Spend, spend time. Spend time with your kids. Spend time with the, your loved ones. Spend time with each other. Know and understand that God, Father God, wants to spend time with us as well. And if he's spending time with us, he wants us to spend time not only with him, he wants to spend time with others. Would you stand with me this morning where you're, where you're at? And I'm going to ask for all the dads, if you will, come forward. Just kind of crowd the front. Come all the way forward. Come crowd in as, as much as you can. And you, you have a uh... good job, Jamie. <laughs> we have some sunglasses for you. I told Janie, we really broke the bank on these guys. But <laughs> could you put a pair put a pair on? We have sunglasses for you. Come on, all the way in, come as close and tight as you can. I want to pray for you. It's Father's Day. And we and I listen, I appreciate. Can we give it up for our dads today? Can we give it up for our dads? Come on. Some of uh some of our fathers have had incredibly hard years. Uh, some of our, our, our people have had incredibly hard years because they've lost a father or they've lost other loved ones. I want to tell you, it's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't diminish the role of, of the father. God is a loving father. He, oh, good throw. Beautiful catch. And so, uh, fathers, you're important. You're critically important. Very much so are you important. And, and God and God loves you. Don't listen. Don't don't harbor don't harbor unforgiveness to the Lord or other people if there's something that's happened in your life. Uh, but know this that God, Father God, He's that loving Father that just wants to wrap his arms around you because He loves you so much. It's important that see we sometimes men, sometimes we put up walls. We have to show this, this sternness. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get in. And God wants to break that wall down and just allow Him through the Holy Spirit to get in and to love on you. It's, a, it's really important. It's, it's just, it's gen, let it be genuine. Okay. I want to pray for you, and uh, and just ask the Lord to bless you. Stay up here for worship, and then Janie will close in prayer in a minute. Thank you for coming out. I said this in the first service. I truly believe it. I think Grace Church has some of the best fathers that I've ever seen. I love the example that you are. I love the heart that you are. I love the I love the value that you have. I I love how you handle adversity in your life. It's very, very, very important and critical. Uh, and you're such a great example how you go over and above for your kids. Let me, let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for, Lord, fathers in this house, single parent households, uh, Lord, our spiritual fathers, biological fathers, stepfathers, foster fathers. I pray, Lord, that you bless each and every one. Lord, bless them, protect them, encourage them, love on them as they do those things to their children and to their children's children, how they protect and bless and love and encourage. And, and Lord, just, just let us be able to spend time not only with you but with each other. Thank you for each one. Those that are hurting today, Father, encourage them. Lord, let them know that you, you love them and they will see their loved ones again. 
Lord, that you are taking care of them now. You love them, Father. Lord, they're in your presence right now, Father. Lord, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be instinctive. But Lord, we cast all of our faith, hope, trust, belief, and confidence in you. We thank you, God. Father, Lord, for taking care of the areas that we're short on. Lord, that you would continue to pick us up and be the men and women of God that we need to be. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more time together. God bless you.
our chance together for Jesus. Give it up for our Father in heaven, amen, who never fails. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a good, good Father, amen. Amen. I just want to close in prayer and just thank you all for coming out just to celebrate what a good day today is. It is a good day because we know who we are. We are children of God. Amen. And nothing can change that. So if you didn't get your sunglasses, dads, come on up and get one afterwards. Don't forget that we have the root beer floats in the lobby. And then there's also a photo booth. So take some pictures with your dad um, or just of yourself, whatever. Just selfie and uh, tag at Grace Church NC and then so we want to see those pictures and we want to follow you on Instagram and Facebook and share them and do whatever we want to do with them okay so make sure you tag us on that let's just close in a word of prayer father we thank you for being a good father but we thank you for the fathers that you've given to us that even in in the failures of life God we know Lord that you are still in control you are still uh, on the throne Lord, and I thank you so much for uh, adopting us as your children and calling us your own, that we belong to you. Lord, thank you for showing us the example of such a generous, sacrificial, loving Father. God, I ask that you bless each person here today, that you'd go with us, that you'd have your way in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.